Hello and welcome to the CityWell Wealth Manager podcast. My name is John Schaefer and last week I spoke with Waverton Chief Executive Nick Tucker on how the business made last minute preparations for the COVID-19 lockdown. Nick, who only recently took on the top job, previously worked at UBS. He gave some insight on how a smaller business can react to the current situation compared with a mega-sized firm. Also, if this is your first time on our podcast, please hit the follow button on Spotify for all the latest updates. Nick, you've, you've only been CEO for um, a couple of months. You, you took on the CEO role at Waverton in, at the end of January. And what have been the specific challenges of going into this lockdown situation, considering you're so new to the role? Well, it's, it's a good question. I think in some ways I've been very lucky because I had, before the lockdown, lockdown happened, I probably had five weeks um, of being in the office. And during that five weeks, I purposely had put aside the first five weeks to do one-on-one meetings mm. with, with, with virtually every single employee. So that, that gave me a pretty good opportunity to, to understand and get a feel for the people, uh, which is clearly the biggest challenge one would have by, by working remotely. So I feel in the first five weeks, I had enough of an opportunity to, to, to get to know the key people and actually all, all, all the people so that now we're doing everything remotely, it feels relatively natural. I suppose that's one advantage of being a, a slightly smaller company than, than where you've obviously come from UBS, a much larger organisation, so that you do have that opportunity to, I guess, pinpoint each individual member of staff. That's right, yeah. So, so here we have, you know, the total teams around 140 people. And I think in, in those first five weeks, I think I did one-on-ones with a, probably about 90 to 95 um, so it's not it's, not, it's still a relatively sizable team, but it, 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 it's small enough that you can touch every facet of the organization. Um, whereas somewhere like a UBS, you, you, you'd be, you'd be in, in that period of time, you'd, you'd hit all the front facing stuff, but you wouldn't hit all the support stuff and, and, and the, the supporting infrastructure of the business, which clearly in a lockdown like this is, is having, having a, a, a pretty close um, link to all of those is is absolutely crucial. And, and do you think in those five weeks you've got enough of the feel of the culture of the company to act in this situation? I think so. It's, it, Waveton has a very distinct culture, um, so it, it's it's quite it's relatively easy to understand it. I guess first it's it's a very very people. Um, orientated business, um, real close connections between between everyone, not just the individual teams, but throughout the throughout the business. Um, you know, one of the questions I asked everyone on my um, one-on-ones was, "What what makes Waverton so special to you?" And literally every single one, the first answer was people. So that's that's the first thing that, that came across very clearly. Clearly, they're also a a business that is, is very client-focused um, and a lot of it's built around the clients um, and investment discipline is 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 very much central to to what Waverton stands for. It's what I'd call the, the sort of secret source. So again, in, in the first four or five weeks, one really good understanding of how how that very much is, is at the epicenter of what we do, whether, whether one's a, a portfolio manager or part of the central investment team. Uh, or someone in the performance and risk area who's sort of reporting on that performance. 
And, and how do you think the business itself has adapted to staff working from home and how easy has it been to be business as usual, so to speak? That's a good question. Well, if, if you go back, was what well, I guess now is probably about three, three weeks or so ago, um, our head of technology had the, had, had the, the, the NAS to um, install Microsoft Teams. I think we were, mm. the plan had been to install Microsoft Teams um, in June. Um, but with what was going on with the virus, we decided to install it earlier, which in, in retrospect was, was a fantastically smart decision. Um, so that, that was installed three and a half weeks ago. Um, and three weeks ago, we took the decision to go to what we call the bifurcated model, where each team was effectively split into two. Half of the team were working in the office, half of the team were working from home. So that allowed us over the course of the first seven to eight days for everyone to trial um, their technology and made sure it all worked. Some people are using their own laptops. Others already had um, Waveton laptops. We might, I think we, we purchased another 10 or 15 um, that week. So you were kind um, of just in time. What I'm we really were. Thinking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Part, part, part of it was a plan, but part of it was, was you know, with the fact that we were in the process of, of doing teams and we just brought it forward a little bit. Yeah. So that was the first week where it was sort of half and half. The second week we went to what we called a a skeleton um, service whereby basically 75% of people were working from home and 25% were working in the office. Um, and then about 10 days ago, it became clear that the whole climate w w was really changing um, and to continue operating the office was going to be really difficult and probably sending the wrong messages. And we didn't want, you know, anyone within Waveton feel that they were under pressure to come in. So we took the formal decision back last Friday, to, I guess 10 days ago now, to completely close the office. Um, we did. We allowed a few people in on the Monday to come in and pick up stuff that they needed. And we formally closed the office on, on, on well, 10 days ago now. And since then, we've been working 100% remotely with with a significant level of success. You know, we, we made some decisions early on on how we would up our communication strategy with, within the various teams. So every team has a call at the beginning of the day. Typically, they have a call at the end of the day. Um, I'm hosting an all-Waverton all, uh, call every Friday. Um, and a whole range, range of different strategies just to make sure um, that everyone remains connected and focused on, on what they're doing. And I have to say, I've been unbelievably impressed, firstly, with our technology guys who did all of that basically in three weeks um, and the way the whole of the team have really embraced it. And I think we've all surprised ourselves as to you know how productive everyone's been. I don't think... Our clients have really noticed a difference. Um, we have obviously done two or three very specific communications on how we are working differently to our clients so that they're kept in the loop of what we're doing. Um, and I think it will have long-term ramifications as to, as to everyone's attitude to working from home. And I, th I think yeah. going forward, um, things will be quite different. And, and do you think that's something as a company you were perhaps a bit tentative on before uh, having people working from home as, as sort of broadly as a policy? Is, is that that's something that maybe has changed your attitude towards yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think the question, you know, I, I had an experience three years ago when I wasn't well, so I was working from home for about sort of three weeks. 
And that taught me personally that it was possible to work um, um, productively from, from, from home. But I think this has definitely taught us as an organization that it is possible, uh, not only for certain types of roles, which have always been seen to be friendly from working from home. I think the view is now broadly so in the old days, we'd probably have said, well, operations, the operations like that really can't work from home. Well, frankly, I think we're, we're proving at the moment that, that they can work from home. So I think I think there will be a different a different attitude from within ourselves. And, and coincidentally, um, we did an employee survey that where the results came out um, to the three or four weeks ago. One of the things that came out of the employee survey was a desire for greater working from home and greater flexibility around that. So I think that is something we will be introducing going forward. Yeah, and and you you mentioned sort of uh, the, the, your tech guys and them almost being um, sort of the heroes of the moment at the moment. Yeah, um, and a lot of people have been saying that. But um, I kind of wanted to look at how the infrastructure um, at Waverton compares to your previous firm, UBS, and kind of what what are the pros and cons been like in, in working at a much bigger institution v a, a smaller firm, and kind of how how the infrastructure works in this kind of situation. It's, it's an interesting question because UBS <coughs> went to a um, hot desk in policy probably from memory three or four years ago. Um, so on the surface of it, UBS is is, is well placed. And I'm sure that they're dealing with it quite well because every single employee was hot desking already, uh, but probably not necessarily using laptops. So um, the, the larger companies probably were able, were, were probably better set up infrastructure-wise. Um, however, what, what the advantage we have as a smaller business is we can be significantly more agile. So it would have been impossible for UBS in three weeks to get everyone set up from a standing start, um, whereas we were able to, to manage it, number one, because we've got a great tech team, but because we're smaller, we're more agile. Um, and the and the the other big issue, big difference is at UBS. If you're running a business, you 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 control facets of the business, but there are whole other facets that are centrally centrally run, often run from from different locations. Um, so it's difficult to be able to nuance how you do things based on what is happening within within your specific area of the business. Whereas obviously at Waverton. We perform everything, so we were able to time uh, the office closure and the way we did things, the way we communicated to our class, specifically around what was relevant for the UK. So clearly, this year is going to be an incredibly difficult time for for all businesses, not just ones in financial services. Um, and, and what do you think COVID nineteen? What do you think the impact will be on Waverton as a business? And do you think there are going to be any redundancies in store? Um, so I would certainly hope not. You know, I think we we so far, and I guess it's, it's, it's early days. Um, we have managed to look after our clients' wealth quite successfully through the, the the rigors of the market. So if you look at you know uh, our flagship growth portfolio. Year to date, those assets are down um, approximately eight um, percent. So it's not. So if, if you if you compare it with with some of the you know the FTSE 100, which is down, I think 25, 26 percent. You know, an eight percent fall is very much within 
the boundaries of, of what sort of business as usual would, would, would expect. So I think from a purely financial perspective, we review on, the, on our weekly team calls how our financials look. And whilst obviously profitability will be down, we will very much be remaining profitable. Um, and we see ourselves going in and having a current position of relative strength, both in terms of our um, performance that we're delivering to our clients, um, but also with regard to our, our, our um, own financial position. So um, to us, frankly, this is more of a human issue um, rather than a financial issue, uh, which is what separates it from, 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 from past um, financial crises that we've been seeing in the last 20, 25 years. And I think that's that's where um, that's the key job for us is to make sure that we're communicating to our employees, both as employees but also as human beings, because I mean, every single person has a slightly different situation that they're having to tackle with children working from home, potentially elderly relatives living at home, potentially children stuck in other locations, um, and that's exactly the same with our clients. So, you know, the first thing we have to do when we speak to our clients is not start talking to them about their, their performance or their, their portfolio, but it's more talking to them about how COVID-19 is, is impacting them as individuals, uh, because that's mm. really uh, what matters to everyone, obviously. And, and if redundancies aren't immediately on the cards, what other cost-cutting measures do you think you'll be putting in place? Um, we don't have, frankly, we haven't focused on that. Um, you know, I think the, you know, it would, that would be just typical, typical sensible business management to, to make sure one has, one's costs are as controlled as possibly they are. Um, frankly, we're, we're looking at more as what are the opportunities going forward. So, for example, the, um, our, the, the models, um, that we run for IFAs, um, I've had a particularly strong quarter quarter to date. Anyway, obviously the quarter hasn't quite ended yet, and we think that's going to significantly differentiate ourselves relative to the competition. So John Bellamy, who runs our business that focuses on advisors, sees this as a huge opportunity to 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 showcase how we're differentiated relative to the competition. Um, and likewise, in the private client space, with our growth portfolio down only around eight eight and a half percent. The opportunity for us is to make sure that we're out there, we're visible, and people can see. Uh, we've always said that the way we manage money um, is very different. Um, the fact that we use individual equities, individual securities, and we very much focus on cash flow should differentiate ourselves. If in a market downturn, that will become most evident. Certainly so far, the numbers are supporting that. So really, we're focusing and the board and the reporter have also reaffirmed that their support in looking at this as an opportunity as how we can um, make sure we're getting out there and getting our message across as, 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 as loudly as is possible. Uh, looking at the opportunities side a little further, obviously you've made some acquisitions recently. Do you think there'll be further acquisitions on the cards because of this, this current situation? Um, I certainly wouldn't discount it. It's, it's not our number one priority right now. Our number one priority, obviously, is, is, is focusing on, on, on our clients and our employees. But I suspect in the course of the next to three to six months, there will be certain certain firms that, that, that may be more open to conversations than they would have been a year or so ago. So that's certainly something we're, we're, we're certainly open, and open to investigating. 
And what about the integration of your new purchase, Timothy James and Partners? How has how how has that kind of been affected recently? Have the brakes been put on somewhat? It, it's in, in the, I wouldn't say the brakes. I mean, it, it's obviously a challenge purely because TJP still very much have their own infrastructure. Um, so it's it's two slightly separate conversations. The way we tackled um, closing the office different to TJP. TJP are, are very um, they're planning orientated. So obviously, the end of the tax year is an important time for them. Typically involves more um, more post. <laughs> so. So then the 100% closure of the office would not have made any sense at all. So we had to use a different approach to them where they're continuing to to, to have a, a, a skeleton service there so that every, all the posts coming in can be dealt with and tackled um, and make sure clients are looked after going into the, going into the year end. Um, but it's been very, very useful having, having a financial planning business as part of us. So, for example... The government have recently said had a whole number of announcements around how um, owner-managed businesses and their various things that they can avail themselves of. Um, TVP, all of their clients are owner-managed businesses. Um, so they created a very good um, document that, that synthesized all the different um, uh, things that one could avail oneself of, and they sent that out to all of their clients. And we were able to do the same with our clients on the back of that. And whilst a lot of our clients aren't necessarily uh, business owners, um, often a lot of their children or grandchildren are. So that's it's another, and it's a good example of how we're now able to um, liaise and, and, and have dialogues with our clients away from pure investments. Nick, you're no stranger really to crises yourself. Um, I think when the financial crisis hit you, you would have been at Merrill Lynch. Um, and so, how does this situation differ from uh, other sort of crises situations that you've been in before? It's a good question, and, and I'm afraid to admit that the the first crash, financial um, crash I was involved in was the October '87 crash when I've been in the, working at Fidelity for about a year, um, and on through the tech wreck and various other ones. All crises are certainly different but also have some commonality i think the, the big difference with 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 this one is it's um really come from that field this is a human crisis not a financial crisis so i think it has a very different feel for it um and i think how one tackles it um because of that makes it different um i also suspect but because it's a health crisis and human crisis rather than a financial crisis, once we have got over the virus and we understand it and, and, and feel comfortable with it, I think the financial markets will probably recover slightly quicker. Um, but obviously the question is how long that takes and, and no one knows that answer. But I think the commonality of all of these things through all the different crises is to remain absolutely in, in, in contact with clients. Um, and you cannot over-communicate with clients at this time, whether that's through emails from our, our CIO, Bill Dinning, whether that's individual calls from their portfolio managers, um, whatever it is, where we're talking not just about the portfolio, but their overall financial personal situation as humans, but also from their, their, their financial um, positioning. And more often than not, the worst thing individual investors can do in times of crisis 
is to make decisions on the fly, to make decisions in a hurry. And providing people have done basic financial planning whereby they have you know, their cash flow needs taken care of for six months to 12 months, and um, wasn't able to ride out these storms. So, so we've been really, really focusing on, on, on a high level of, of, of intermittent communication with clients and continuing to do that as, as the situation evolves. And we're trying to use new technologies to facilitate that. So not just phone calls. We did a, a, a live streaming event um, with Bill Dinning last week uh, for some of our institutional investors. Um, and we're going to be looking to do live streaming events for some of our private clients in the course of the next two or three weeks. Because obviously, a lot of clients now are suffering the lockdown. We're all suffering. So a lot of people are sitting there with a little bit more time on their hands than they typically would have. Um, so we need to use that as an opportunity to, 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 to connect to clients in ways that maybe we couldn't have done, you know, five or ten years ago. Yeah. And and what are your clients' sort of individuals' big biggest concerns? You've mentioned business owners. Obviously, you're going to have people like pensioners involved as well. What what have you seen from the communications that are the biggest worries? <laughs> I think our clients, relatively speaking, have been pretty relaxed um, and have really been focused a lot more on the impact it's having on their lives, on their children, on their grandchildren um, and themselves. Um, and frankly, you know, often the conversation goes, we have a conversation about the family. We then say, well, actually, the portfolio is down 8, 10, 11%, whatever it may be. And they say, oh, okay, that's all right then. And then they move on to talk about different things. So it's, it's really talking about... Um, their impact on, and, and, and you're right, If you, obviously, if you're running a business, um, so we were to, I was talking to, to Tim Whiting, who runs TJP, about one of his clients who um, is in the media area, um, and that person has gone from having, you know, 500 staff fully engaged um, and huge projects on the go to nothing within three weeks. Yeah. Um, and how does one manage that way, their way through the process? And that clearly has significant impacts on, on, on cash flows and, and, and how one needs to look after one's longer-term wealth going forward. I mean, with, with clients like that, does that mean they're looking to sell off assets at a sort of budget price? Um, we haven't yet touched wood seen any, any, any full selling, um, fortunately, because obviously now is probably the worst time to be doing it. But clearly, if, if you're running your own business, um, there can be some very tough decisions they have to make. And I think the good news is the government are doing as, as much as they can um, to protect people from it. But it, it does become very real when you're running a, a business, particularly in certain sectors, whether it's travel and, and hospitality, yeah. where there is no facility to continue working from home. Yeah, no, of course. And and how have clients reacted to you being a new CEO in this situation? Has that kind of surprised them? Did they did they know? Um, Fr- it- frank, frankly, they haven't even noticed. Um, you know, the their portfolio manager remains consistent. That is their primary connection point. So the fact that Waveton has a new CEO, as much as I might like to think it has had an impact on them, I can assure you it hasn't. Sure. <laughs> Well, Nick, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you this morning. Uh, Thank you so much. No problem. Nice, Nice to speak to you.